Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hello and welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. Lovely to have you back. Before we get started today, I want to tell you about the most exciting event of my entire year, (laughs) and that is the keynote conference, which stands for Kindness is Essential, Not Optional. So this is a dog behavior conference, and it's absolutely available to everyone in the world. So no matter where you're listening from, no matter what your situation between you and your dog, no matter if you are a professional trainer or you are a pet guardian or you work with dogs or you just love dogs, you're very, very welcome. We have almost 30 absolutely incredible internationally acclaimed dog trainers and behaviorists and dog and animal experts coming to speak to you and to share all of their knowledge and expertise so that you can have the absolute best connection possible with your dog and live a wonderful life together. It's super important to us that the keynote conference is always a free event so that it's accessible to as many people across the world as possible. We just want to help as many dogs and people as we can. So come ahead and register. As I said, it's completely free. We kick off on the 20th of February for two whole weeks of jam-packed fun and you can register. I will put the link in the show notes, but the link to go to is www kindness is essential not optional dog conference.com forward slash 2023 okay I really hope to see you there so today I am going to ask you a question and this is a question that tugs at the heartstrings a little bit for me um because lots of pet guardians and pet parents say something like this to me and it's along the lines of oh I wish I could just go back in time. I wish I could just turn the clock back, do things differently, change up my training plan, change up the way that I parent my dog. I just wish I could go back in time. So my question for you today is, have you ever felt like that? Have you ever thought, oh, wish I could rewind (laughs) in some way, shape or form? I think most of us have. And I know all of us have had that experience at some point in life um, where you just think, oh gosh, if only I'd done that differently, we could have had a much different outcome. The thing is that when it comes to the creatures that we live with, such as our family members, our dogs, our cats, our horses, whoever it might be, um, even though we often know in the moment that it's not a great idea, sometimes we can't stop ourselves from repeating patterns. So let's say you didn't intend to shout at your dog, but they really frustrated you one day and you, you did shout at them and then you felt terribly guilty afterwards. But then inevitably a couple of days later, you felt frustrated again and maybe you snapped at them again and then you felt terribly guilty again. And we get stuck in this shame spiral that it's actually quite hard to get out of because in that moment when you're feeling those difficult emotions, telling your dog off, and it might not even just be your dog, it could be your partner, your kids, your co-worker, telling them off, whether that's shouting or the tone that you use or the words that you use, 
it temporarily makes you feel better. <laughs> it gives you a bit of a dopamine hit. It helps to relieve some of those difficult emotions that you're experiencing. So despite the fact that you feel that terrible guilt after the fact, when you're back in that emotional state again, we tend to do the behavior that made us feel a little bit better in that short term, just like dogs do. <laughs> we are not so dissimilar. So that's why actually using punishment, and I say punishment whether I'm talking about more serious, severe punishment or whether I'm talking about tone and shouting, which again can have some detrimental effects on dogs as well as we know. Um, No matter what kind of end of the scale you're on, punishment is essentially rewarding for the punisher to some degree. And that can be quite hard to swallow, I think. We don't like the idea that we would get some kind of benefit or kick out of punishing another. But ultimately, we do sometimes. I know I definitely do. If I, (laughs) let's think about like a road rage example. If someone has cut me up, or cut me off, I think, as they say in other countries, which makes a little bit more sense when I think about it, um, in the street or done something dangerous, endangered me or my dogs. If my dogs are in the car, that's a definite trigger point for me where I think, why are you being so stupid? Um, And immediately I will maybe shout and swear at them. Now, I'm inside the car. I'm not opening my window, sticking my head out. I'm not threatening anyone, just to be very clear. But I might, in my own car, in the privacy of my own car, say a swear word, say, what the heck are you doing? Whatever it might be. And in that moment, that helps me to get out of my system and feel a little bit better. That's just one everyday example that I know lots of people will relate to. Um, So we can see how this can start to happen with our dogs as well. So getting back to our initial kind of question, so do you wish you could just go back in time? Now, I could sit here and I could say to you, yeah, but you can't go back in time. So, you know, you need to focus on the future. Don't beat yourself up. We're all human. All of that good stuff that I definitely do agree with. We all know that that's easier said than done, especially if you're stuck in one of these spirals of repeatedly doing the thing you really wish you weren't doing with your dog, but you just keep finding yourself punishing them in some way, shape or form. It's hard to break out of that pattern. So rather than that, I would reframe it in a slightly different way. So let's take an example. Let's say you have, I don't know, a 10 or 11 month old adolescent puppy. And the mistake that you think that you've made, perhaps, um, is that you always believed that in order to have a calm, settled puppy, you needed to play with them. You read it, you heard it from someone, I need to tire this puppy out. So you've focused the last sort of eight months or however long it might be on loads of exercise, two hour walks, loads of play. Whenever they're unsettled in the evening, you've thrown the ball repeatedly and you've ended up with a puppy that's kind of crashed out. However, this puppy has never really learned to self-soothe and self-settle. They're only able to finally relax when they are physically exhausted. And then maybe a little few months down the line, you actually started reading, ah, actually, from a physical health perspective, tons and tons of exercise for a young pup isn't necessarily the healthiest thing for their growing bodies. Um, And from emotional perspective, not necessarily the best thing there either, because you are repeatedly hiking up their cortisol, hiking, hiking up their adrenaline. You are forcing them only to finally relax when they're exhausted rather than relaxing for the sake of relaxing and because actually it's rewarding to relax and be calm and settled and so now you're 10 11 months 
and you've got a puppy that can be quite difficult to manage sometimes unless you are actively throwing that ball and maybe actually now they're a bit obsessed with that ball whatever it might be your situation is I'm just making examples up here so rather than saying you know let's focus on the future which absolutely you can okay so that's one thing that's maybe gone a bit wrong we've 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 dropped the ball a bit there if you'll excuse the pun and it's gone a bit wrong fine I'd like you to sit down get a bit of paper and write down everything else that you did right for that puppy up until these 10 or 11 months or that adult dog what are they fantastic at what do they excel at and this could be anything this could be a skill like loose lead walking this could be a personality trait like they're a massive cuddle bug they love people maybe they are the kind of dog that doesn't bolt over to other dogs when you're out in the park or maybe they're the kind of dog that wouldn't steal a sandwich from the table when you weren't licking or maybe they're the kind of dog that is fantastic at playing fetch because you've put so much investment in that so yes fetch might be detrimental in some respects but you've also got a really cool skill there which you can hone and use in a different way so list off as many things as you possibly can and get creative here think about your friends dogs your family members dogs dogs that you've seen online behaviors that you've thought oh my gosh I'm glad my dog doesn't do that great celebrate that so focus on everything that you have done right for that dog When you see that enormous list of things that, you know, actually, they're pretty cool. (laughs) They're not biting my hand off. They're not growling at me, whatever it might be. Then that one or two things that maybe haven't gone quite according to plan and you're blaming yourself for, they start to pale a little bit in comparison, which can be really, really helpful. And the sort of other side of that is to think, right, So I've been stuck in this shame spiral or this pattern, or maybe it's not something you're repeating, but let's say the example that we've just used where you've thought that you were doing the right thing and doing lots of exercise and now you've realized, oh, actually, maybe this isn't the best option for my dog and I need to think about how to help them now because I've got quite an over-aroused puppy. Okay, so that shame, that guilt that you feel right now for your role in that, let that drive you. Rather than letting it eat you up and thinking, oh, I'm such a bad pet parent. Oh, I wish I'd found this article or this person or this trainer a little bit sooner. I would have done it so differently. Use that to drive every single decision that you choose to make with your dog now. So every single time when you're in a moment with your dog where you go to do something and you see them look uncomfortable, rather than just saying, well, we need to carry on with this. Okay, all right, so my dog's not feeling great here, so what can I do differently? Remember that drive that I've got, that drive to essentially repair some of the damage that I might have done. Okay, that's where I need to focus. What can I do differently in this situation? Yeah? So really think about those two sides of that coin. Firstly, focus on the fantastic stuff that you've done for your dog so far. And don't tell me there isn't any because I know there is. If you're listening to this podcast, you will 100% have done some wonderful things for your dog already. And then think about when you are in that difficult situation, the driving force in your decision making and how you work and treat your dog comes from the place of actually, I don't want to be in a position in a year's time where I'm blaming myself again. That can be really, really powerful. Okay, I hope that was helpful. If it was, do drop me an email to info at pauseupdogs.com or DM me on Instagram at pauseupdogstraining to let me know. I love hearing from you guys and it's always useful to know that an episode was helpful and interesting.
So just before you go, just a quick reminder to register for the keynote conference. As I said at the beginning, it's completely free. It's incredible. Some wonderful speakers and I look forward to seeing lots of you there. Okay, take care. Bye.